Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. everybody. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. You have stumbled across the Holderness Family Podcast. And if you are listening to this on the day that we dropped it on March 30th, it is a massive, massive day for us. You guys, our book, Everybody Fights, is out into the universe. It exists. Oh my gosh, it's real. We can't surreal. take it back. I know. I am. We went like diary level writing in some of these sections, and now people are going to read it. I'm feeling like I'm handing out my diary. You're, you're talking about some of the more personal issues. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole chapter on mommy, daddy time. A chapter, chapter and a half, half really. I know. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. We are, as a special treat for today, we are going to play for you um, chapter two of our audiobook. So if you would like to listen to it on audio, it's this is a nice little preview. Or if you want to purchase the book, you can go to everybodyfights.com. Everybody, I'm sorry. Everybody fights book. Everybodyfightsbook.com. You might get into a boxing ring if you go to the other one. And that <laughs> sends you to links for like Amazon, Audible, Barnes & Noble, indie bookstores, all that stuff. We actually have a virtual book tour coming up next week. If you want a signed copy of the book and you can find out those dates at everybodyfightsbook.com. And yeah, if you find this book helpful, if it is delivered to you today because you pre-ordered, first of all, I love you and I thank you to infinity and beyond. But if you find it helpful, could you please leave a review uh, where you purchased it? Because that's how more people find it. And our goal at the end of the day is to help couples communicate better. And I feel like we came, it was very, we feel very privileged that we had this opportunity to get counseling and that we had the platform to be able to write this and help this. But at the end of the day, it only works if it helps people. And I, I'm really hopeful that this book helps people. And that's the book. This, what you're about to hear is a chapter from the book. It is one of our early chapters. I want to give you a little bit of perspective just so we're not just hitting you on the head with it. The first chapter that we wrote in this book was kind of about how we met and how we learned to meta-communicate, which is like to break down the fights that we have. So you'll right. notice there'll be an argument and then there will be 
a high level conversation about that. That involves sometimes talking to our counselor. A lot of it involves research. Uh, we quote people like Murray Bowen, who came up with the family systems theory. We quote people like Mr. Rogers, who said mm -hmm. something that we really liked. Um, we quote Jerry Maguire. So we, we're, we're kind of all over the place in our mm -hmm. research. But I'm curious to know what you guys think about it, because it's not just our fights. We really do get into breaking down what happens with emotions, what happens with family systems. And for guys like me who like to hear hard data when it comes to these things, I think that was useful for this book as well. And by the way, it's kind of fun. Like we, yeah. we, we, we oh, tipped, sure. there was like some touches of mental health we talked about in this, but there are some really, really funny moments of this book as well. Yeah. My favorite moment, and this was just from the reading, not from the book itself, was how terrified I was, if you listen to it at the end, of trying to correct her pronunciation of something because oh, yeah. I'm living in the world of just like, not, I'm not in the world of mansplaining. I'm living in the world of mansplained shaming right now. <laughs> Stop it. Where if I'm just trying to be helpful, and it's so funny because the editors of the Audible book, I was really just kind of saying, sweetie, are you sure? Is that the way to explain it? And then you got very upset and it left it all in the, I know. And so, by, by the way, it was whether or not it's pronounced Salmonella or Salmonilla. And uh, I think I said it right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so listen to that. Listen to a live fight as it happens. But we love you guys. We thank you so much for your support. This has been a dream come true for us. It's been two years yep. of really, really hard work that's worth it if it can help people. So I hope this, uh, this is helpful to you. So take it away. Chapter two of our book, Everybody Fights. Chapter two. Can't you just be happy for a minute? The fight. I don't like to brag. Well, I kind of do, but... <laughs> you kind of do. I, I'm fully aware that what I'm about to say sounds an awful lot like bragging, but here it goes. Two years ago, Kim and I made a video that got 75 million views in one week. That's like a quarter of America, or all of France, or three of Australia. After it started catching on, nearly every major news outlet called us. I was even interviewed by a reporter from the Wall Street Journal. Come on, you know, you would brag too if that happened, right? The video was a simple, close shot of me singing a modern version of the holiday tune, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Kim and I had gotten the idea after there had been a nationwide hullabaloo over whether or not the song's premise of a guy trying to persuade a woman to stay at his place a little longer was inappropriate. We thought it would be funny to rewrite it from the perspective of a modern dude trying to be as woke as possible. Here's a quick clip. I really can't stay. Okay, you're free to go. I've got to go away. Understood, no means no. This evening has been super appropriate. So very nice. But I do understand consent. My mind will start to Definitely text her right and now. Will be pacing the floor. Here's the code, and there is the so door. So really, I better scurry. I am gonna stand over well, here. Maybe just a half a drink you more. You are in control of this the thing. The neighbors might think. Invite them over if you like. Say what's in this drink? Um, nothing but Sprite. I wish I knew how. Just walk right out the door. To break the spell. I do know how to spell harassment. I, no, 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 I hear you loud and clear. At least I'm gonna say that I try. I'm trying super I hard. Really can't stay. Please just go out, baby. Ah, just go outside. outside. 
I simply must go. Uber is right outside. The answer is no. Seriously, right outside. The welcome has been. I'll walk you to so the curb. Nice and warm. But totally consensual. There's bound to be talk tomorrow. Hopefully not about At least us. There will be plenty implied. Please do not imply anything. I really can't stay. Baby, just go out. Baby, Baby just go. Baby, just go outside. All right, so that caught on like wildfire. People from both sides of the cold outside debate loved it. There was the liberal side of America who thought it showed why the song should be taken off the radio because it highlighted how inappropriate the lyrics were. But then the conservative side of America thought it was a good way to poke fun at the liberal snowflakes who were way too sensitive. When I saw how many views we'd racked up, I was ready to run around the quad naked like Will Ferrell in old school. That many views could set the table for the next 12 months, keep us financially stable, and allow us to do all kinds of cool things in the future. Just as important, the video's success was a big affirmation that we had what it took to make it in the line of work that we decided to pursue. But that week, to my shock, Kim spent a lot of time crying. She'll do a better job of explaining why than I could, but the short of it was she just couldn't focus on all of the good things. Because when a video spreads that widely, there will inevitably be some negativity in the mix. Even though we're talking like only 0.0001% negativity, it didn't matter. That percent of 75 million is still a lot more than you might think. But Kim's inability to see the positive in what I considered an absolute win baffled me. The whole point of making these videos was to create something that people would love and share. I thought, look, I know you aren't always super happy, and I don't expect you to be a grinning buffoon, but if there were ever a time to celebrate, this is it, right here, right now. Why can't you just be happy? I really was the Grinch who stole Christmas that year. No matter how many views that video got, and no matter how happy Penn was about it, I just couldn't get in the mood to pop some bubbly. Like many people, for most of my life, I hadn't really given Baby It's Cold Outside much thought. To me, it was just part of that cute scene in Elf when Zoe Deschanel sang in the shower, until people started calling radio stations and requesting it be taken off the air. Huh. I started listening a little more closely to the song lyrics, and while I got that when it was written, the intent was just to be flirty, through the lens of current culture, it did seem a little off. And by off, I mean rapey. So we rewrote the song with an emphasis on consent. Penn put on a wacky suit, and we set up a camera and a microphone in the living room with no lighting or anything. It was totally bare bones. We recorded him singing in one take. He put some graphics on that afternoon, and we published it the next morning. Within hours, it was everywhere. We'd gone viral. This might surprise you, but I do not like it when our videos go viral, and I'll tell you why. On our platforms, the comments are typically very positive and community-building. There's the occasional crack about my dance skills or Penn's outfits, but that's usually as harsh as it gets. But when a video gets tens of millions of views, people go from writing tweets poking fun at my dancing to writing thought pieces and open letters. And in the worst cases, they start attacking one another. 
I can handle a little shade thrown at my moves, but when our baby it's cold outside video got picked up everywhere, the comment section devolved into a gladiator pit of hate with people using our content as a weapon. It was, you pathetic hippie snowflakes versus you deplorable Trumpsters. It was a dumpster fire of meanness, and it was happening on our turf. I wanted to extinguish it immediately. It was happening so fast that I couldn't moderate the comments by myself. So I got on the phone with Facebook trying to get the worst of the worst people blocked. We're talking about people making threats like, I hope someone rapes you. I was trying to keep my voice from wobbling as I described what was going on when Penn came in, bright as a summer day, singing, we're a hit, baby. I got off the phone and said, <laughs> I did not say we're a, we're hit, a hit, baby. baby. <laughs> no, you didn't. But that's what it but that's, that's actually a pretty funny visual. <laughs> <laughs> but like in my head, that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Back to the book. Yeah. I got off the phone and said, please tell me you're kidding. People are using our video as ammunition in a war I don't want to be in. People are being hurt in our comment section. Penn shrugged and said, huh, don't read the comments. Listen, I know there are people out there who don't read their comments, but that's not how I roll. To me, you're missing out on the beauty of the platform if you don't engage with the people who take time to watch what you make. And 99.9% of the time, that engagement brings me joy and a feeling of connection. But in this case, my reaction was shut it down. Delete the video. I want out. I asked Penn, can we just take it down? He looked at me as though I had suggested we have maggots with a side of poison ivy for dinner and said, are you nuts? This is huge for us. My logical mind acknowledged the truth of what he just said, but my empath heart just couldn't handle it. Plus, I do not like being called crazy. I curled up into a chair in a dark corner of our bedroom. Penn waltzed in again to say, isn't this incredible? He wanted me to share his joy, but I was rocking back and forth on the verge of sucking my thumb. He looked at me genuinely puzzled and said, can't you just be happy? I sat straight up in my chair. Excuse me? Just be happy? I live with anxiety and depression. It takes a lot for me to be happy on a good day. Add in some internet trolls and I don't stand a chance. I shouted, don't you even know who I am? I'm not emotional. You're emotional. More coming up from our audiobook after a quick word from our sponsors. Now back to the book. Emotions are slippery little suckers, and it doesn't take much pressure for them to slide out of your control if they're the base of your argument. When you disagree about a practical issue, like who is doing more housework or whether you should be having more sex, you know that in an ideal world, there is a way to have a conversation calmly using logic and rational thought. But when you fight about your emotions, it will nearly always feel volatile. And when things are volatile, sometimes they go kablooey and someone gets hurt. We have certainly been left nursing our wounds after we fight about emotions. But we're going to brag again here. Baby, it's cold outside, short circuit aside. We're usually pretty good at partnering our way through each other's emotions. This is particularly important for us because each of us struggles with an actual mental health issue. As I mentioned, I have anxiety and depression, which we talk about later in this chapter, and Penn has ADHD. Through the years, we have figured out how to keep our emotional states from derailing our marriage. In this chapter, we'd like to help you figure out a healthy way to be emotionally connected to your partner without losing yourself. 
Get ready, because along the way, we're going to completely contradict what you think you want in a relationship, and then we're going to try to persuade you to say what your partner most wants to hear in every argument. You're right, and mean it. But before we go any further, we want to remind you yet again that we are not doctors, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, or even veterinarians. What we share in this chapter is drawn from our experience as people who struggle, but who have figured out how to live well and supportively with someone else who struggles. Both of us have gone to experts, people with actual degrees, to get help with our issues. And we would advise you to do the same if you're grappling with a significant challenge. What we're here to help you with is how to make sure your crap is your crap and not your partner's crap. I told you we're not doctors. Border control. Consider the following statements and take note of the ones that best describe how you feel about your relationship with your partner. There's going to be a group A and a group B. So let's listen to the ones from group A first. I'm so close to my partner that sometimes it feels like we're living in the same skin. When my partner is down in the dumps, I can't be happy. I like to check in with my partner before making any decision, big or small. My partner knows me so well that they understand everything about me. My partner and I agree on nearly everything. That's block A. Here's group B. If my partner criticizes me, I might not like it, but I take it in stride. It's not always important to please my partner. If my partner is upset, it is equally likely that the reason is an issue unrelated to me as it is something that I've done. I am comfortable with my partner going places and doing things without me. If I argue with my partner, I can move on easily. So those first statements from group A, those are pretty romantic, aren't they? But if you circled more items from set A than set B, perhaps it's time to take a good look at whether you're making choices that reflect your own values, beliefs, and emotions, or if there's a possibility that you may be custom tailoring your reactions to situations in the hopes of feeling more connected to your partner. Now, there's no shame in this. In fact, I've had a lot in column A. Uh, we all take other people's emotions into account to some degree, all of us except sociopaths. On the surface, it might not seem like a bad thing to identify with your partner's feelings, but when you let your partner's emotions cloud your own, you obscure your authentic sense of who you are. You become, in the words of psychologist Murray Bowen, an undifferentiated family ego mass. Basically a big blob of emotions. Gross, right? When you identify too closely with your partner's feelings, it's hard to disentangle your own. Think of it this way. Imagine you are scuba diving with your partner, and they swim after a shiny fish. On the way, they kick up some sand and sediment from the ocean floor. Maybe even scare an octopus who squirts its weird inky juice into the water. Before they can get to the fish, their mask is obscured by that sea gunk floating around. Now, if you paddle into the murk after them before too long, you're going to be just as turned around as they are. So if you want to see things clearly, you need to swim near your partner, but also in your own part of the ocean. As creatures who relate to one another, humans live in a constant state of push-pull between the desire to be close to other people and the desire to be independent. Therapists actually call this the family systems theory. It's the brainchild of the aforementioned Murray Bowen. It can feel like trying to thread a needle in a hurricane when you're aiming for that sweet spot between having a loving, intimate, empathetic relationship 
while acting according to your own thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and values. Anyone who has ever been around someone when their emotions have taken hold of them knows how tricky this is. So back to us. It was definitely hard for me to hold on to my own feelings of joy when Kim couldn't share them. When that video hit, I wanted to hire a skywriter to just poot out of the back of it 75 million views and like a puff of smoke and then hire a second pilot to fly me in loops through all of those zeros. Okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I want to live in your head for a day. (laughs) Well, that's what this book's about. You're in my head right now because in, in my head, like Kim's balloon, like really harsh to my mellow, if I can use a 1990s college term. To tell you the truth, while she was spiraling, I actually wanted to get out of the house. You know what? I did. I didn't have to go far from home to find responses that were more in line with my own. I walked out into my front yard, and before I even got to the sidewalk, someone drove by True Story and hollered, that video was awesome. You got that right, buddy. I decided to celebrate our success in my own way. In fact, I think I played like five or six sets of tennis that day. You're crazy. Things get wild. I mean. When you're in your 40s. (laughs) Tennis. Whoa. But the whole time, there was this pesky bird from a horror movie following me, crowing. Yes, but what about Kim? Is that, yes, but what about, I want to be like Moira Rose. Yes. What what, what did she say? Yes, but what about Kim? Caw. Caw. What about Kim? But no, it was hard to enjoy myself to the fullest when the person that I care about the most in this world was sinking into a tar pit of despair. It was like I'd caught her sadness. Going viral. This is exactly what happened. Have you ever started a conversation in a perfectly good mood only to have the person you're talking to moan and groan about the fender bender they got into on the way to having their fifth root canal? How did you feel after that? Or maybe you're feeling a little blah at work but your coworker came over jazzed about a new idea, and by the time she left your office, you felt more energized about making it to five o'clock. Scientists have studied this phenomenon and confirmed that it's true. Our moods are contagious. And in a shock to no one, bad moods are more contagious than good moods. Researchers analyzed depression screenings in high school students and found that kids whose friends were bummed out were more likely to be in bad moods themselves. Another study found that simply observing someone through a one-way mirror as they were having a stressful experience increased the likelihood that the subject's stress hormone levels would rise. And when the person getting stressed out was someone the subject knew, those levels increased even more. So imagine how susceptible you are to the mood of the person you eat, drink, laugh, live, sleep, and in our case, work with. Your partner's moods are a virulent contagion. If the words virulent contagion conjure up unpleasant images from COVID-19 or an image of someone in one of those hazmat suits people wear in the movies when they're handling a monkey virus or whatever is worse than Ebola, that is exactly what we're trying to convey. Mood contagions make it hard to maintain autonomous emotional health. Not one, and definitely not the same. A second reason that it's hard to maintain clearly defined emotional borders is that we want to believe that our partners see things the way that we do. It affirms our sense of the world. When we share a point of view with someone, we think, yes, that is how things are. I knew it. 
consequently, we frequently make the mistake of assuming that our partners will have the same emotional response in a given situation that we would. When they don't, we feel an unsettling distance open up between us. A tiny part of us says in kind of a naggy voice, hey, if we aren't responding to this in the same way, is this maybe not my person after all? Shouldn't we be more aligned on this? <laughs> that was gulp. I wrote gulp in the book. I wanted to actually gulp. Had that sound? Yeah. Good? Okay. So anyway, after all this, we recalibrate our reactions to make them similar to theirs. That only distances us from feeling like our authentic selves, which, of course, is how we should actually feel around our partners. We're here to tell you that it is actually okay to be different from your partner. Not just the kind of different where you like different things. I like a double espresso and you like a pumpkin spice latte. Or you're an exercise addict and all of my pants smell like the couch. But truly, actually different with different feelings and values and reactions to events. None of us have had the same set of experiences, let alone genes. So there are going to be times when you hear Laurel and your partner hears Yanny. You see a blue and black dress and your partner sees a white and gold dress. You see half full, your partner sees half empty. Humans can't even all agree as a species whether cilantro tastes good or not. So it's unreasonable to think that when it comes to something as complex and multifaceted as our emotions, that we'll share the same ones. Here's the thing. Your ideas, your impressions, emotions, beliefs, and actions are not any more meaningful if they're shared by your partner. Is that thought a little scary? We get it. It can stop you cold when someone you love surprises you with their emotional reaction. Or with their lack of emotional reaction. Let me give you an example of what I mean. A couple years ago, we had to clear Penn's dad's things out of his condo in order to get him into a new care facility. We had a 6 a.m. flight to make the following morning, but at 10 p.m., we were still at his dad's unit. We'd been there for hours, cleaning stuff out and getting him ready for the move. I kept checking in with Penn as he went through boxes and boxes of keepsakes and mementos, asking, are you good? Sit down and talk to me. Each time he replied, what? Nope, I'm good. Should we throw out this dehumidifier? And then it was just plunk, plunk, plunk into trash bins. Entire photo albums gone in an instant. This was a lifetime of memories, most of which were irreplaceable. I wasn't going to let it go. I was like, Penn, are you sure you're okay with this? He insisted. I'm fine. I went back to sorting through tablecloths, and then a few minutes later, I noticed him stuffing something into a bag to throw away. It was his father's clerical robe. I had to say something. His dad had been a Presbyterian minister for 40 years, a total rock star in his community, beloved by so many people. He'd worn that robe with its gorgeous handmade collar for decades. I stopped again and asked, honey, don't you want to save that? He just said, Kim, if we're going to start saving all this stuff, it's going to take over our house. I'm incredibly sentimental. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain— If you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. I have trouble throwing away a gum wrapper if I had shared the pack with one of my kids. So inside I was wondering, how can you be good with this? You are clearly in denial. I felt like one of us had to be depressed about it. One of us had to feel it. My inclination was to swoop in and minister to him. But I realized that there was no point in trying to make Penn feel sad or wistful. That just wasn't the tune he was humming. He was simply having a different reaction than I would have if I were in his shoes. I went back to sorting linens, and I tried to let him feel his feelings without making them my feelings. By the way, there's a beautiful handmade embroidered robe in our attic right now if you're looking for one. Text me. You do not complete me. We dare you to try to think of a line from a movie that epitomizes fairy tale romance more fully than Tom Cruise telling Renee Zellweger, you complete me and Jerry Maguire. Okay, brace yourself. But we absolutely loathe totally. that idea. Yeah. And we 100% reject it. The idea that you must be fully merged with someone else to be complete is just bullshit. Our publisher told us that we could use that word once, once. in this book. And we think that it was really important to deploy that right That's now. That's how much this means to you. Yes. Well done. Yes. It was very freeing to say. It's a lovely thought, but, but it is total and utter nonsense. The notion that we should complete not just each other's sentences, but each other, is nothing more than a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad myth. If you're looking for a partner who completes you, you're looking for the wrong things in a relationship. Listen, we are each other's favorite people. We miss each other when we're not together. And when we're old and gray, one of us is going to die. And then the other one is going to die like seven minutes later because we'll be that sad. But we have our own stuff we're working out and we can't depend on the other to solve it for us. We hear people say things like, when I find the right person, it's not going to matter that my job is terrible. Or when I fall in love, I won't be depressed anymore. But guess what? It does not work that way. Your crap follows you. By the way, you just became the Hallmark voice. I did. From the movie. Yes. Yeah. Like we, I fell we, in we, love. We've been parodying Hallmark movies over the last month, and it's funny how like that just happened. Yeah, that's my, when I get depressed, when I, when I, <laughs> when I fall in love, I won't be depressed. Yeah, it doesn't work. Mr. Rogers always said, 
there is only one like you in the whole world. There's never been anyone exactly like you before, and there never will be again. That guy didn't just have great sweaters. He was smart. Your partner doesn't complete you. You are already complete. In a healthy partnership, it's not so much that your partner completes you as it is they bring out the whole you and let you be your real self. The ideal mate is more like a lamp shining its warm light on you than a puzzle piece snapping into place. Are you ready for more tough love? It's not your partner's job to solve your problems. And it is not your job to solve theirs. Your job is to walk with your partner, not to come to their rescue. You've got to handle your own business and let them handle theirs. Let's think about that scuba diving scenario again. When you're in a scuba suit, you're capable of breathing completely on your own. You don't need someone else pulling off your mask and shoving their breathing tube in your face. You have your own totally functional tank. Coming to terms with this is as hard as it sounds. It's a lifelong project. You had me at bullshit. <laughs> I love every single thing about my wife. Every inch of her face and her body and every personality trait. I love her sense of humor. And I love how she's so in touch with herself and how she keeps me in line. Because Lord knows I need that too. But while it's true that I love every single thing about my wife, I don't understand everything about my wife, okay? Sometimes it becomes crystal clear that she is a creature whose interior life I cannot begin to comprehend. If you have a dog, do you ever look at them and wonder, is this dog happy or is this dog absolutely miserable? So our dog, Sunny, is adorable and energetic and wags her tail all the time. But if we were to drive her into the middle of nowhere and let her run off into the wilderness, would she be happier? Can you honestly answer that question? I mean... We don't know. Okay, note to PETA and animal lovers everywhere, we would sooner sprinkle bed bugs on our comforter than to do that to Sunny. But that's kind of how I feel about Kim sometimes. Her moods, they're a mystery to me. I want to be one of those Star Trek creatures that can read someone's mind when they touch them so I can finally know for sure whether Kim is happy. And it kills me sometimes not to know what she's thinking or feeling. But you know, early on in our marriage, I learned that I am not going to understand her at every moment. When we first got engaged, remember this? We moved into an apartment in New York. It was a very, very small place. We were around each other all the time. Somewhere around the third night of our living together, Kim looked around and was suddenly furious about our apartment. Nothing about it was making her happy. Not the rug, not the unfathomably expensive curtains. Why are these so expensive? They're just rectangles of fabric. Uh, not the fact that it had a ceiling. So I went into fix-it mode. Guys know this? So I washed the dishes. I moved our pile of shoes into the closet. I even tried to move the couch to a different spot so that we could have more space. And she took one look at it. She said, this place looks like crap. And then she started crying. And my immediate reaction was, oh my, you're really unhappy. Should we not have gotten engaged? I'll, I'll move the couch back. I remember that. That was yeah. a tough time. That was a dark time for the old Kimster. Okay, back to the book. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't need Penn to move that couch. I needed him to recognize that I was sad. There were a million stressors in my life at the time. A new job, new town, new fiancé, 
first time away from my family. Plus, that couch was totally better by the window where it was before. No, it's, no. <laughs> it was too close to the TV. Go, go ahead. Not a, stay in the airport. Uh, but as much as I love Penn, he cannot fix what's going on in my brain. Expecting him to do so is a recipe for disaster. I've battled depression and anxiety my entire adult life. For me, happiness is a muscle. I have to work on it. My default setting rests somewhere between mildly overwhelmed and sheer panic. I've learned that I have to do the annoying but necessary things like sleep well, eat right, reduce my alcohol intake. I have to exercise, meditate, journal. It takes a lot of work for me to exist on this planet as a functioning adult. When the sun is shining and I've done my work, I am, by all standards, a happy person. When I skimp on sleep, skip the gym, or have too many glasses of wine— my world seems darker. I will give myself a little credit. I'm very self-aware about when I'm under the cloud. I can say, this is what I'm feeling, and this is what I need. Trying to move the couch and his reaction after, baby, it's cold outside, were times when Penn didn't handle my emotions well. But most of the time, he's very good at partnering with my depression and anxiety. He's figured out when to back off and then when to walk beside me. He doesn't try to solve my problem, but he will ask, What do you need right now? Do you need to be in bed under the covers? Do you need me to tell you to get out of bed? Do you need me to take charge? Or do you need me to give you space? Sometimes I'll say, I need you to go away. And he's like, okay, got it. Or sometimes I'll say, I need you to tell me to go for a walk. For me personally, exercise always helps. We work from home, so getting out of the house makes a world of difference. I have what I call a 12-minute rule for myself. I have to be active for 12 minutes. If I get on the treadmill or go for a walk or a run, I do it for a minimum of 12 minutes. If after 12 minutes I still feel like crap, I can quit. Yet 100% of the time I keep going. It helps me to take control of my mood. But I know the only person who can put one foot in front of the other on hard days is me. That's one of my favorite pages of the book. Uh, I, well, I, I mean, you, you have this amazing self-awareness when it comes to depression and anxiety yeah. that uh, it, I, I think people will be inspired by it. And like those little things and just admitting that it's, it takes work, just like it takes work for me to pay attention to you sometimes, <laughs> which we'll get to later. <laughs> but I do know that I, I think I was first diagnosed with depression in college and I blamed it on bad boyfriends or, or, or weird, like a weird school experience. And I was, I, I did a, I did most of my spent most of my time blaming that depression. And I thought, okay, once this is over, once this thing is done, I won't be feeling this way anymore. And then it kept showing up, even unhappy times. So I do know that I have to I compare myself to, you know, NASCAR. Those I have to have like a pit crew and I have to have like wheels and fancy tire and fancy you know, gas and I have to have all that thing to keep functioning. Whereas sweet, sweet you um are like those really just reliable you know, cars that need an oil change every three months. I need the pit crew during uh, dinner conversations and listening to lectures and ADHD <laughs> time. So don't worry. We both need pit crews. All right. Okay. Uh, trust, then validate. While you are the only person in the world who can handle your business, that's not to say that you should set your partner loose with a, well, I'm going to focus on me. Looks like you're on your own, honey. There can be such loneliness and a feeling of helplessness when your emotions take over. Think of the words that we use to describe how it feels when we are emotional. We say we're overwhelmed, overpowered, overtaken, consumed, possessed, transported, swallowed. 
all of those are pretty big, right? The last thing you need when you're in the grip of a powerful emotion is an added layer of anxiety about whether your feelings are normal. That's why we want you to validate your partner's feelings. You don't have to pretend to share these feelings. You merely need to acknowledge that theirs fall on the spectrum of natural human emotion. One last time with that scuba diving metaphor. When your partner is in that turbid water, you don't need to rescue your partner from the murk, but you do have to let them know that you didn't hightail it for the boat. They need to know that you're going to be there when the sand settles and the ink disperses. When you give credence to your partner's feelings, you're letting them know that you're right there in the water with them. Now remember, we're looking for that sweet spot we talked about between closeness and independence. And the best way to hold on to your emotions and help your partner with theirs is to acknowledge and validate your partner's feelings, no matter how different they are from your own. When Penn asked me why I couldn't just be happy about the video, it was very much like he had left me at the bottom of the sea. I felt the familiar signs of anxiety starting to prickle underneath my skin. Before long, it felt like someone was standing on my chest. My breath got short. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I needed my partner to understand me, not to be one more person who says, you're crazy. When I spiraled out over the video, I needed Penn to get on the floor with me, hold my hand, and offer something along the lines of, I hear you. I get what you're saying. I know this is how you're wired. I'm here. I needed him to understand that my mood and my feelings on this were valid, and I had a right to these feelings. Tell your partner exactly what they want to hear. If you're the type to read relationship books, and clearly you are, you've probably encountered the expression, you can be right or you can be married, meaning that insisting on being right when you fight is deadly in a relationship. When people say this, it's because most battles, there's ground to be won. I want you to do the dishes. You want me to be more affectionate. Either someone breaks out the sponge or pulls you in for a cuddle or not. However, when you're talking about emotions, there's no right or wrong. You can be right and married. So try these magic words when you and your partner are having different emotional reactions in a tense situation. Turn the heat down by saying, you're right. It does feel X when Y happens. Knowing fully well that you are also right because all feelings are equally valid. You don't even need to cross your fingers behind your back. Let us tell you a story about a woman we worked with once named Becky. A few years ago, she and her husband, Peter, and their two kids were settling into their first house. Before the new house smell had faded, Becky went down to the basement to do some laundry. Just as she was loading the dryer, out of the corner of her eye, she detected a distinct wiggling motion. What the? She turned around in time to see a snake slither away into a tiny hole in the foundation. She shrugged and went back to loading the laundry. Not. She dropped her wet towels on the floor, sprinted upstairs, and immediately pulled Peter into the kitchen to whisper as calmly as she could that there was a ixne in the basement bay. He just laughed. She repeated herself. Clearly, he had not understood. So this time she added, what if it's poisonous? Peter responded, this is nuts. There's a 0% chance it's poisonous. Plus, I think you meant venomous. Poisonous means... Oh, oh no, 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 yeah, no. You, no. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just jumping in. Yes, yeah. because you, you did that earlier today Oof. when I said salmonella. You keep saying it wrong. That's how I say it. Salmonella. No, I... Okay, 
guys, we're, we're leaving this Stay in. Stay the airport. In. We're, we're leaving this in, and I need a Twitter poll after this comes out. Is it salmonella or salmonella? Okay, where I'm from, it's salmonella. Okay. He didn't have a chance to finish his biology lesson. She disappeared into her room to look for a reptile-free home on Zillow. Okay, yeah. Chances were that it was not someone's pet cotton mouth that had escaped. But were the chances really zero? Was she totally bonkers to worry? To be clear, she absolutely did not want Peter to flip out. Someone had to finish doing the laundry after all. She wanted her experience and feelings acknowledged and validated. Happily, after a while, Peter came upstairs, sat beside her and said, You're right. That would be scary if that snake were poisonous. But I still think you meant venomous. Let's give Peter a B minus. <laughs> he, he was there. He was there. He was almost then he tried there. to then he mansplained, <laughs> you guys. Points for eventually validating Becky's feelings, but he needs to work on the mansplaining. By the way, the reason we know this so intimately is Becky may or may not be Becky Cole, who you will see in the acknowledgments is our editor and may have just written that entire thing himself. <laughs> well done, Becky. Uh okay. So back to me. As good as Kim is at handling her feelings, she's equally good at acknowledging mine. I have these things I call micro-periods, and I know I just made this term up, and I have no first-hand perspective of what women's menstruation feels like, but these are my feelings, so please validate them. See book, comma, the rest of. Micro-periods. <laughs> uh, when I get down in the dumps, I do, and nearly every time, I'm like, WTF is going on. Uh, the source can be hard to pinpoint, which makes the feeling even worse. But it's not like wintertime triggers bad feelings or having too many beers pushes me over the edge. I just get generally, for a while, bummed out. It's as if whatever chemical in my brain makes me think the glass is half full just takes a break for a couple of days. And all of a sudden, the glass is half empty. And this is so embarrassing, but one time I even Googled to see if there was such a thing as a male period. And there is, kind of. Uh, we get a drop in testosterone sometimes, and that affects our mojo. So you can look that up. Uh, okay, where, listen, where are you headed with this? I, I validate you. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. And I know it's true because I live with you. I know where I know you're headed you, with this. But add in some bloating and some That's, breast tenderness yep. and then the rest of it. All right. So what you just did I know. was I've, invalidate and, my I feelings. Validate. So I that was great. I'm sorry. I know. But I, I'm here for you, babe. I don't know what it's like to be with child. You understand? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Back to the book. I, if I could have birthed. Our children, I would have. Oh, that would have been great. On a deeper level, I've also had some anxiety attacks. They are awful. I've never had a near-death experience, but I feel like I have. When I'm in the throes of an attack, my heart pounds against my ribcage like it's trying to escape. My palms get sweaty. The blood in my neck and my face heats up to like 8,000 degrees. And my head swims like someone piped in toxic gas. It's impossible to predict when one's going to hit. And I pray you never have one. And also, when I tell people I have panic attacks, they look at me like, no, not you. And which is why I'm so glad they did that Ted Lasso episode. Where So Ted Lasso, if you haven't watched, it's an amazing show on Apple TV about this like just absolutely, in the face of all negativity, incredibly optimistic guy who goes to coach soccer in England. And on the happiest night of his team's season, he has a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And luckily, there's someone there who's familiar with it. And they look at you and they say, that's okay, which you did to me, by the way. You helped me with that when that happened to me. So as I just said, when I have an attack, Kim is the expert at letting me know that I'm not alone and that I'm not a freak or on the brink of death. So she'll sit down with me and she'll ask if I'm having this or that symptom. Then she'll nod reassuringly and say, that's completely normal. You're not having a heart attack. 
you're having a panic attack. Those feelings are wretched, but what you're experiencing is totally normal. She doesn't say it like, you're a wuss, buck up, dummy. She says it like, yeah, this sucks. Just so you know, you're very healthy. This happens to so many people. I'll be here while you ride it out. What she didn't say was, you can't understand periods because you don't have bloating <laughs> and blood, which she just did. That's not in the book, guys. Sorry. No, it is now. Um, but no, you really are great about that. Um, it makes me feel 1,000% better to know that it's not all in my head and that I have a partner who will love me through all of it. Health box alert. How to validate your partner's feelings. At first, it might not feel natural to validate your partner's feelings because humans are so conditioned to try to win when we fight. But with practice, you'll get better at acknowledging what your partner is experiencing, and they'll feel better and closer to you when you do. Try to use language that acknowledges whatever feeling they're having. Here are a few examples. Here's the scenario. Your partner's boss slided them in a meeting full of coworkers. Instead of saying, What are you so worked up about? That wasn't personal. She's hard on everyone. Use magic words. Man, I'm really sorry. That sucks. Scenario. You had a near miss at a busy intersection. Instead of, calm down, everything's fine. Use magic words. I see why you're upset. That was close. I'm glad we're okay. Scenario. Your partner has a couple too many at a party and is worried about their behavior. Instead of, no one even noticed. Use the magic words. I'm not judging you, but man, it could be painful if someone talked about you behind your back. I know how important it is to you that people respect you. Scenario, someone cut in line in front of your partner at the grocery store. Instead of, let's keep things in perspective, what's the big whoop? Use magic words, no wonder you're angry, that's not fair. Scenario, you're behind on your credit card payment. Instead of, it's no big deal, you can pay the minimum. Use magic words, you're right, why is money so hard? Falling behind is so stressful. Scenario, you're sending your child to sleepaway camp for the first time. Instead of, relax, nothing's going to happen. Use magic words. It would be terrible if something happened. I can understand why you're stressed. Can we go back to one thing really quickly? Yeah. Um, calm down. Oh, Lord. Kim's got some words about calm down. Has, oh, we, we both do. Like, Has anyone ever calmed down when you tell someone to calm down? This and relax. Yeah. Just relax, guys and girls. Never, ever, ever, ever tell your partner to relax because that is just, just relax. Don't say, and also the word just, like just relax, just calm down. That's not, that is not going to work. I will also say we, in terms of magic words, we do this a lot with our kids, uh, especially this year, the time we we are recording this in time of COVID, they've been out of school for, it seems like... (laughs) the entirety of schooling. And it sucks. And yes, we're healthy. We're so fortunate. We have all of these privileges. And instead of saying, oh, my gosh, you know, you're not going off to war. uh, We say, I know. I know, honey, it's hard. You're doing such a you're doing hard things right now. I get it. It sucks. So validating even your kids feelings, it really goes a long way. Okay, so to recap, The healthiest relationship is one where you are connected to your partner, but still totally yourself. This is hard because emotions are contagious and because we foolishly want to believe that our partners see everything the way that we do. Trying to separate your partner's emotions from your own can be as frustrating as untangling a snarled necklace, but it's worth it. So go ahead, handle your own business, validate your partner's feelings, and then brag to all your friends about it. 
thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this sample chapter of our book, Everybody Fights, So Why Not Get Better At It? Again, it's available in stores online today. And I, my armpits are sweating. Hey, honey, just relax. Oh, bless America. <laughs> We've, we just had a talk about they what- just discussed yeah, it in the book. Yeah. I thought I would- Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Throw yeah, that out there. so what never to say. <laughs> but we are so excited and nervous, and it's a really special time, and I'm trying to enjoy. I'm trying to enjoy I it. hope you can. I mean, yeah. it's so funny that we're talking about this on the day that we put this book out, and we use that specific chapter. Right. Because even if today mm-hmm. it becomes a smashing success and Oprah calls us... <laughs> It doesn't mean that you're going to be skipping down. I uh, know. I will street. find a way. I will find the way to get panicked about it. Like, I'm not built for um, success. That <laughs> extreme level of success. So, I, what I want this book is to help a lot of people without people realizing to know my name. Or is that is that a weird Your name is all over the book. I know, in my picture, too. You guys, and we, I actually wrote a funny blog post. Not even funny. I wrote a blog post about, like, behind the scenes of taking the picture of the book. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty funny because not what we expected. They had to airbrush my roots because it was during COVID and I hadn't had a hair. Yeah. Cut. Well, I'm proud of you. I love, I, I, I mentioned it in the, in the audio book that you just heard, but I love, I love how you, um, how self-aware you are with your anxiety. I think it's going to inspire a ton of people. You should be incredibly proud of yourself. I'm doing what I said I would do in the book. I'm your hype man now. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you were awesome in this particular chapter with the exception of the fact that you pronounced Salmon all wrong. But anyway, um, I love you. Hey, no, there's no other person on the planet I would want to 
first of all, be married to, but to to build something with. And I just feel so proud that we've done the work. I'm so proud of you for being willing to do the work because we've talked about this. I mean, gender stereotypes do. And we know this from research. We know this from the who's buying the book. It's not it's not the dudes buying the book. And I think I hope you help a lot of men realize that this work is worth it. So I hope so. It, I mean, for what it's worth, guys, I was reticent at first. I, I was not. It shouldn't surprise you that I wasn't the first person who said, hey, let's do this. But I am so glad I did. And I could use more of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, I, I've gotten out of this sort of self-examination, wanting to do more of it, not being relieved that it's over. So yeah. I guess that's a good sign. Yeah. Okay. okay. I love you. Love you. You don't complete me. You don't complete bye. me. Bye. Bye.